we're just going to jump straight in. We're going through a series at the moment, uh, faithfulness to fruitfulness. We're looking at finances. We're looking at being a generous people. But again, we say this week after week, this isn't a drive to try and convince you by our own strength to say, please give us some more money. It's not about giving us money. It's about actually what maturity looks like to follow Jesus, to follow God's voice, to See what it says in the the Word of God, the Bible, and just respond accordingly. Wasn't that a precious time of worship? Just to set our hearts. So that's, like, I'm praying right now. Let's, Let's just pray that our hearts would settle. Everything that I share, I pray that it settles in in soil that can receive it. Um, And this is the soil that you are loved by God. Like, deeply, unconditionally, a never-stopping, never-ending love. I love that. It says that in my, my daughter's children's Bible. It's like the most profound words, loved with a never-stopping, never-ending love. So as we're looking at being a people, a community, the people of God that live generously, we need to know that firstly, we've received everything, like everything freely we've received. In Matthew's Gospel, you don't need to turn to it because it's one verse that will come up on the screen behind me. Matthew 6, 21, Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Today we're looking at the heart, friends. And if you're taking, if you're a note taker, I am, I like taking notes because I'm easily distracted like a squirrel. What's that? I quickly look at something else. Do you notice those squirrels on the screen a few weeks ago? Worship is difficult for me. I'm like, squirrel! Love you lot, squirrel! Um, What was I saying? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We're looking, if you're taking notes, heart transplant. Heart transplant. That's what it's all about. Like following Jesus, whatever this looks like, whatever your life currently looks like, the goal is that God wants to give us brand new hearts. Everything we do, it's not behavior modification, it's not trying much harder, it's not just trying to have a better moral conduct than your neighbor. It's like an old life dying and a new life being born. So Jesus, God, is in, the, he's in the business of giving us brand new things, particularly hearts. That's what happened 16 plus years ago. The moment I said yes to Jesus, boom, I was given a brand new heart. So that's what we're looking at. Everything we do, trying to walk out these Christian values, it has to, has to, has to start with having a transformed heart. That's what it means to be a born-again people. It doesn't affect our behaviour conduct, it affects our heart, which then affects how we behave. The Bible says the heart is wicked and deceitful above all things. You're so welcome, friends. There you go. That's my gift to you. Our hearts are wicked and deceitful above all things before Jesus transforms them. You know, before I was a Christian, before like my eyes were awakened to this beautiful message, my heart was wicked deceitful above all things. So that's why Jesus needs to give us a brand new heart. And being a Christian is someone that has had a heart transplant. I use this analogy in the first service as well, but I'll use it again. But it's a weak, it's a weak analogy, but bear with me. It's like before Christ, we've all been on a heart transplant list, a donor's list, or the, the list to receive a new heart. And our lives are ebbing away. That was the reality. It was, it was worse than that, because the Bible says we were born dead. How, how bleak can you get? We were born spiritually dead, 
separated, Ephesians tells us, from God. We've been waiting on this transplant list. Is every breath precious? Little did we know we needed a new heart. But then came along this incredible donor called Jesus, who laid down his life so he could transfer his heart into your heart and your mortal being suddenly become immortal. One day you're going to live with him for all eternity because you've got his heart. This is where everything flows from. Your, your old heart was knackered, friends. Like knackered. Completely kaput. You've got a brand new... If you've given your life to Jesus, you've got a brand new heart. You've received a heart transplant. And no one will ever take this heart away. It's not going to fail. You're not going to get an infection. Like you're good. Like I'm trying to look at the whites of your eyes. You're good if you've received Jesus. Man, let's just think about that for a moment. That's where everything flows from. God has always wanted to give us new hearts, humanity, those made in his image and likeness. We just didn't realise it. Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Hebrews reminds us, it says this in Ezekiel 36, it'll come up on the screen. I will give you a new heart. He's speaking to Ezekiel and he's, Ezekiel prophesies to a nation. He says, I'm... God's saying, I'm going to give my people a new heart and a new spirit. I will remove your old heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And you see, this law now that the people once followed was written on a tablet of stone. It was an external law that they followed, this tick box exercise. Now this new law is written on these new hearts. That's how we live empowered lives. It's as simple as that. We don't try really hard we walk in step with God, and we'll get to that in a little while. And these new hearts are alive with his heart, and his life begins to flow through our lives. It's amazing. So when we're thinking about hearts this morning, I'm not presenting to you the, the muscle that keeps you alive, the, the, the organ that beats blood around your system that keeps you alive. As, that's really important. I'm talking about the, contr the control center of who you actually are. When the Bible presents a heart to us, it's talking about the place where you live. I don't mean your physical address. I mean the place where motives flow from. The place where behaviours spring up from. Attitudes, thought patterns. The, the motherboard, if you like, of your life. Jesus called David a man after his own heart. Jesus also says what, what's stored in your heart will come out of your mouth. That's what I'm presenting. And we're going to particularly look at motives. Quick definition for motivation is a reason or reasons for acting or behaving in a certain way. Or another definition is enthusiasm for doing something. Or as I like to think about it, the reason why I do the things I do, that's motivation. The reason I do the things I do. It all starts from the heart. Proverbs 6, no, 16, 2 says, all a man's ways seem innocent to him, man or woman. All a man's ways, all of humanity's ways seem innocent to him. However, the Lord weighs the motives. I want you to think about it for a moment. Like I'm continually thinking my motives are pure in my deluded little mind. But the Lord weighs my motives. He sees right into the centre of your motherboard. He sees right into the heart of who you are. 
and he weighs our motives. You know, the goal of our lives is something called Christ-likeness. If you're new to Christianity or this environment, what that means is that my life, your life, begins to look like his life. That's what Christ-likeness means. We're called to be Christians, Christians, followers of the way, apprentices of Jesus, those that still follow the practices and commands of Jesus. So my life is meant to look more like his. Not follow a pattern of structures or anything like that, it's just following the way. And we need his heart to be able to do that, don't we? Maybe it's just me, it's gone mighty quiet in here. Maybe it's just me. I need his heart to be able to live like him. Otherwise it's horrible. The kind of pressure we put on one another, trying to fix each other and trying to control each other. No, no, when we stay connected to Jesus, he changes us. And I'm finding that once addicted to drugs and addicted to all sorts of things, I couldn't do it myself, Jesus changed me. It's pretty cool. Jesus came to serve and not be served, right? That's what the Gospels tell us. He came to serve and not be served and lay his life down as a ransom for many. It's what Matthew tells us. So he gives us a life that looks like a life of giving, not receiving. We live in a culture which is, what do I get? What, what, what's in it for me? But whereas when, when we have the heart of Jesus, we see what a life of giving looks like. So when we're looking at finance, generosity, money, that's what we're starting with. You know, I don't really need to mention the word money much when we're looking at the heart. I'm just going to go after your heart this morning. I'm going to go after my heart. This is effectively like I'm speaking into a mirror. The reality is what's stored up in our hearts. It will come up on the screen behind me. Look at um, Luke's Gospel here. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognised by its own fruit. Yeah, that's what we know. People don't pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes and briars. A good man brings the good things that's stored up in the good of his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. (laughs) Just stop there, right? What comes out of your mouth? Because it's what the heart is full of. This is the journey I'd like us to go on this morning. I'd like us to look at some wrong motives, and then I'd like us to look at how we cultivate new ones. Wrong motive one, selfish heart. A selfish heart. We can have joy here. It's okay. Everyone sits here like, someone seems to be laughing in church. Mm. A selfish heart. A selfish heart. So this is how the selfish heart responds. I'm just going to have a little sip of water. I feel like I'm losing my voice. I was shouting at the TV last night watching football so yesterday. I'm so done with football. Till next year. This is a selfish heart. What do I get? So as the, yes, they lost. Yes, they lost. As the bowl goes round, if I put in, do I get out? That's, that's what you're saying, right? Through this series. So I hear you say, with the same measure you give, it's going to come back to me. But the motive starts with a selfish heart. Selfish gain, what do I get? We're, we're all riddled with it, with some, maybe not money, but it could be something. Could be encouragement, could be love, could be mercy. Well, I'm not going to do that if I don't get that. Selfish heart. Wrong motive one. And the selfish heart looks like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Anyone seen Lord of the Rings? 
Yeah, what a beautiful... It's, my, I'm, I'm modelled after Gollum. It's still funny-headed man. Yeah, big nose and stuff like this. Um, Gollum, Gollum wrecked his... Well, he wrecked his own life because of greed, right? Because selfishness taps into greed in the end. You begin to go, my precious, this is mine. And if you come near me like a little golem, he'll get you. It ruined him, destroyed him. Some of you never seen it. It's a true story. It's true. Let's not be golems. Let's have the band up. Let's not be golems. Um, Wrong motive two, a critical heart. I'm going to go uh, pace through this. So wrong motive one, selfish heart. What do I get? Wrong motive two, critical. That taps into being cynical and judgmental. Anyone suffer with cynicism? Oh, man. Come on. It's all of us, right? I instantly go, well, what are they going to do with that? If I put that £10 in that off, what are they going to do with it? I wonder where it's going. I need a full breakdown. I'm like that. Come on, we can all be like this. And we begin, we begin to judge other people. I want to know exactly where it's going. I, I will decide what goes where. And we we'll at times give to those that we feel deserve it. Well, they look like they deserve it. They are very grateful. Last time I did that, they were very grateful. So I'll, actually, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll give to those that I think deserve it and those that were very grateful. The Bible smashes us in the face with that. And says, no, you're meant, you're meant to give freely. And actually, it's really blessed. you're really blessed and others are really blessed when you give and don't expect anything in return. Oh, if someone hits you in the side of the head, turn your cheek and say, this side. Jesus is saying these kind of things. If someone asks for your cloak, go beyond that and give them your car. Anyone got a cloak here? Well, I, okay, that'd be really weird. I have. Cloak man. Cloakman is a rubbish superhero name as well. I can, I'll weave you to death. We judge others. Well, they didn't seem very grateful, so I'm not going to do that again. Phil and Sarah did not seem very grateful when those offering baskets were going around. I'm not going to do that again. We need to remember it's not for anyone. It's for him and his kingdom, sharing his love wherever we go. Let this challenge us. Luke 6, 30, verse 30 says, Jesus says, give to anyone that begs. Let's contextualize this. Give to anyone that asks you. Yeah, what a challenge that would be. Just walk into the city and see how much money you've got in your pocket when you get home if you, if you adopt that mentality. Every homeless person you go past, if they say, hey, excuse me, the Bible commands us to give. Just throw it out there. Troubles me as well, friends. But that's what he says. That's what he says. We can move into regret when we have this critical, judgmental heart. With a critical heart, we, we can regret once we give because we've been cynical or judgmental or we've made our own preconceived opinions on stuff. It happened to me literally two weeks ago. I was coming away from the anchor. I got into my car and this guy cycled up to the side of my car panicked, knocked on the window, I was on the phone, put the phone down, said goodbye first, put the phone down, and then did, undid my window. You know, I got one of those old, undid my window. And he, he said, I don't suppose you've got some money, boss. And I took my wallet out and I had a £5 note and a £10 note in my wallet. I know, rock and roll, right? And 
And I gave him the five pounds, just dirty laundry time. And he said, can I have that one? Like the 10 pounds, a brown one. And I was like, that one? Yeah, I gave him that one, took the five back. And he said, can I, can I have both? <laughs> and I didn't want to do it. And I gave him both, and I instantly regretted it. And I felt like God, oh man, he was so tender and kind. But I judged what he was going to spend the money on. I thought, that's going on drugs. I did. And the Lord was really gracious with me because he just challenged my cynical judgment within. How do I know that he's not needing to feed his family? So I'm just saying that to say, how about you? How about you? Can you be judging, critical? Can you feel like, well, if I do that, they better be grateful. The Bible says just give. Just give. Wisdom can be the thing we, we hide behind. Wisdom is a godly thing and it's a spiritual gift to us. And it's, James says, if you lack wisdom, ask God and he'll give you abundantly. So it's good. Proverbs full of wisdom. It's all about wisdom. But we can hide behind that. I tried to hide behind that. Yeah, well, he, you know, I was just exercising wisdom. Or was I exercising judgment? Wrong motive three, fear. What we do, what we don't do can be so linked to fear. And particularly talking about money, it's the fear of lack. This is how it plays out. Well, if I give my friend Mike there 20 pounds, then I no longer have that 20 pounds in my world, so that means my life is now going to be limited. That's fear of lack. Jesus speaks into this. Our security is so linked to either Jesus or money, and everything else flows from those two positions, the God of money or the God of the universe. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you wear, what you eat, what you drink, the shelter. Seek first me, my kingdom, and all these things will be done to you. He's given us a beautiful principle, a model to live by. He's saying, don't trust in money for your security. Trust in me. Trust in the one that made the mind to make the money press. Trust in me. The Bible says that perfect love drives out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Talking about money, if this is a fear in your heart, I pray that the perfect love of Christ will drive it out, will just drive it out from your life. It says there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. We've not received a spirit of fear, but the spirit of sonship. And then one one other version says we've received a spirit of love. We've received love Where the Holy Spirit is, where God is, the Spirit is. And where the Spirit is, there is what? Freedom. There's freedom from fear in your life. This isn't just meant in worship settings. When the the Bible was written, by the way, they didn't see this. When there's a haze and some lights and some wonderful musicians, now there's freedom. No, this is everyday life. In your money, in your family, in your health, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom. There can be two ways to look at your money. Owner or steward. Owner is mine. 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 Steward is ours. Yours even. You know this is true, right? 
I've got two children, a blue one and a pink one. I love them dearly. But they're both exactly the same when it comes to as soon as they were born, as soon as they began to play, as soon as they had toys, mine. Anyone else touch that tractor, bosh on the head. Don't, that's mine, 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 mine. But as a parent, as they grow and mature, maturity looks like going from a mine mentality to a steward mentality. This is how it works. This was mine. I love this. I love my 15 pounds in my wallet. But actually, I want to share it. And this tractor, as the kids, this was mine, but now I'm sharing. Come play. Come use. Come join in. Come be part of my world. And we can even go beyond that to say, just come play. But actually, do you know what? I so love this, but I want you to have it. I want you to have it. See, my kids do that. Give, give away stuff they love. And it challenges me because I think, man, I wouldn't do that. But I need to do that. I want to do that. So we go from a mine to an ours to a yours. That's, that's how we can look at our money. And I'm not, we're not abdicating to get home and just go, delete everything from my account into your account. This is about obedience, following God's voice. Not my voice. Not my voice. His voice within your heart. I love baby chatter. These new hearts need training, right? God doesn't just zap us, like Louise, zap. You're now going to be full of patience for the rest of your life. You've, yeah, there you go. Five pounds, please. <laughs> I joke, friends. Hang on, I'm just going to get a drink while you chill. You know that's how it works. Ever prayed to be patient and then you're stuck in the traffic jam? God goes, there you go. You've got your prayer answered. That's the same with generosity. Oh Lord, I just want to be generous. I have 15 pounds. Can I have that one? Hang on, I'm just praying. <laughs> That's not how it works. We know that. God doesn't zap us. This is the beautiful thing about walking with God. It's partnership. He invites us into a journey of obedience, a journey of, hey, come walk and talk. Come walk and talk with me. Come walk and talk with me. I remember being on a field once. I saw this guy with a bin bag over his shoulder and I felt God say to me, give him your jacket. I was like, this dialogue, like, I love this jacket. I'm not going to give him this jacket. Generally heard him, like, not audibly, but give him a jacket. And I scrabbled around and I was like, oh, I had 10 pounds on me. Then It sounds like I've always got money in my pocket. I haven't, but I had 10 pounds in my back pocket. And I thought, I'll keep my jacket, I'll give him the 10 pounds. Went to give it to him, he just ran off. I thought, I don't know, scared. And you know when you come away from those moments thinking, it was disobedience, is what it was. And God doesn't then zap us and go, try better, sunshine. He goes, come on, let's go again. This is an adventure. Because it's all about freeing our hearts up. So he doesn't zap us. What he does, this is, how, this is where we're going to finish our time. He... He takes us on a new journey for new motivations. How do we have a new motivation of the heart? This one word, choice. Starts with choice. Individual, personal choice, which affects a corporate family as well. You know, we, we carry different values, like Lizette was saying. Lizette was saying, we're not of this world. We're of a different kingdom. The kingdom of God and we carry this kingdom on this kingdom. We carry his kingdom on this kingdom. And the kingdom of the world is greed and selfishness at its root. 
And the kingdom of our God is freedom and love and joy and peace and righteousness and actually giving it away, laying down your life. So choice number one, live from the right place. If you're making notes, live from the right place. John 15, 5, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. We say that a lot here. Remain in Jesus. You can't be separated from him if you're with him, but he's just inviting us. It's a partnership with Holy Spirit as well. Just That's how we walk with Jesus today. He sent the Spirit. We, we walk in step with him and we're dialoguing with him. Like, God, speak to my heart. Talk to me today. How, how can I be generous? Where can I be generous? Open up opportunities for me to be generous. And then we choose. But we need to live from the right place, from the vine, not from our own strength. I can do all things through him who gives me strength, the Bible says. So we need to live from the right place. Firstly, choose to do that every day. I'm going to choose to live in the kingdom and out of the kingdom, not from the kingdom of the world. But to do this, we need to choose to think correctly. You heard the phrase repentance. We use it for gospel appeals. Repentance, come. Come and repent. Return. That is the action of what repentance means. Repentance is this word metanoia, which means to think differently, to have a, a thought shift, actually. So it's actually as we think differently, we respond differently. I didn't, you know, I need to think of Jesus all the time to live like Jesus. We don't just live, just work hard to live like Jesus. Think about him. Let me show you how this works. Colossians 3, 1 to 3, it says, Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Then it goes on to say, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. We are encouraged by Scripture to set our hearts and our minds heavenward, upward, above. We need, to, we need to live like eagles, get the vantage point of an eagle so, we can, so we're not scrabbling around on the earth, but we're up in the thermals, up with Jesus, seated with Jesus. That's our real home. We're just passing through here. I said this at first service, you know, the, 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 the measure of your life, the full extent of your life is like the, the thickness of one of the hairs on your head compared to the rest of Manchester. And that's a limited example because Manchester comes to an end, but it keeps going, you know. We're going to live for eternity. The Bible encourages us to invest into that world, not this world. So we think we live from the right place, but to do that, we need to think from the right place. And then we can choose to be generous. It's a choice. I've said it. Let me just say a few more things on this. I want to encourage us, friends, just do it. I don't know how many of us are here, but imagine all of us mobilised from today, had this mind shift, this conviction, this revelation again to say, man, I can just freely give away because I'm free. I'm free. And it's not like you have to give 15 quid. You hear me, right? It's just a hug to someone. You freely can do that. If it's just to sit and chat to someone that looks like they have no friends, you're free to do that. If it's to love someone that doesn't deserve it, you're free to do that. If you can give 15 pounds, you're free to do that. You choose to be generous. I want to choose to be generous. Oh God, speak to our hearts. We can live daily with the choice of saying, today I've got breath in my lungs and I'm going to choose to be generous. 
I'm going to choose to be generous. Then we can choose, oh, just to say on this, when we move in it, we, we exercise a new muscle and we get stronger in it. Like you go to the gym, you get stronger because there's resistance, right? Big trees, they get stronger because wind is blown on them and they go, their roots go further down. We get stronger in generosity when we, we just keep stepping out. Just keep stepping out. You cannot outgive God. Heard of this story of this guy that's given away all of his worldly possessions, house, car, everything, emptied his bank account three times and God has doubled it every... Like, he's, he's seen miraculous things happen in his life. When I read that, I was like, no chance. Like, never could I do that. But he's a man that's free. Yeah, but we're not abdicate, please. I, this could be clumsy. Everyone gets home like, got to. She's empty it all out. No, we choose with a willing heart, free heart. Choose to be thankful. Um, Psalm 104, this is a... Psalm of giving thanks. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Bless his name forever. It's not just again in a worship setting, although the Psalms are songs. This is meant to be like every time I get up in the morning, I'm going to enter his courts and his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Like every day. Every day. Even this morning after my precious Reds lost last night. Every day. I know that I've got some fellow fans in the room. We felt pain last night, bro, didn't we? But every day we can get up, I know, silly example, every day we can get up, whether the rain is hammering it down, whether the sun is shining, man, I get to give thanks and praise because my soul is good. My friend in Hastings is, currently has cancer and when he was asked, <coughs> when he was asked, how are you? He was like, man, my body's decrepit, but my soul is good. That's how you can get up every day, giving thanks and praise. Like giving thanks and praise. Psalm 73, 13, but we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, we give thanks to you forever from generation to generation. We recount your praise. That's what I love about here. Multi-generation, multicultural. We can look at each other in the eye and say, Lou, he's been so good to you. Let's give him praise, sister. Let's praise his holy name. Every day. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. You know, people that have had a heart transplant, pretty grateful. They're pretty grateful. I don't, I'm yet to see a documentary where someone has received a new heart and they're like, well, I deserved it, didn't I? You never hear that. You see tears filled up in their eyes and a sense of, holding this precious family that they've received something from and they're more grateful to the actual donor from a life being sacrificed in some way so I want us to look at Jesus like that this is what's going to help you give thanks when every day you wake up and you go man you lay your life down for me your heart is now in mine and my heart beats to the beat of your heart and I'm alive because you're alive that's what we can do. That's thankfulness. Paul was able to be content in all things, the Apostle Paul, not just some random Paul here. Who's Paul? I, I get that. Um, he was able in prison to be grateful, content in all things. Another one, trust. Choose trust. Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. All of your heart. 
not just those bits that are easy. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, your health, your wealth, your family, your friendship groups. Trust him with all of your heart and he'll lead you. Fascinating that the dollar, the American currency has in God we trust written on it. I just find that, as I was preparing this, I just put that down thinking, I find that fascinating that they're bringing, there's two gods being collided together. The God of money and on top of the God of money, in God we trust. Jesus says we can't serve two. And nothing about the American culture, okay? I, I think it's great that they've got it on there. But one is always going to trump the other one. And don't say that as a pun. It's in my notes. It's in my notes. Yeah? It will. One will always get the trump card. It will say, no, I'm your, I'm your real Lord. I'm your real Lord. I find this challenging, friends. Like, who's Lord of our lives? The God who made everything or the God that can just disintegrate and crash and let us down? Jesus said we can't serve two. And I'm going to finish with this. Choose love. Love where Lizette went with the worship. Choose love. We get, you get, together we get to choose love every single day. Love is the greatest of all the Christian virtues. Faith, hope and love. Love is the one that will transcend eternity, that will go with us. When we're with him face to face, we don't need faith anymore because we have been perfected in every way. But we get to love as he loves right now. Now let me say this. These transformed hearts mean we have his heart, which means we have his love on the inside of us. And love is now the new ruling factor. It's the new motivation of our heart. So everything to, to live from the right place. You need to think from the right place. And then we can choose to be generous. We can choose to trust. We can choose to be thankful. And we can choose love. The Bible says in Colossians that love is a virtue that ties everything else together. Whether it's kindness, goodness, a compassion, mercy, forgiveness, bearing with one another. The Apostle Paul says, above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. That's what I want to leave us with, that we can put on love like a garment. And we don't feel our way into love, we choose love. Man, the last year when we woke up to that devastating news, none of us were like, I just feel like loving everyone I come in contact with. We choose it every single day. In your families, in your friendship groups, when people offend you, when you've got no money, when you've got everything, when you've got nothing, you can choose love. And finish with this and then we'll pray. The Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthian church, and we know this text, many of us very well, it's spoken over the happy couple at the royal wedding. One Corinthians love, the chapter starts. But Paul starts that chapter, the verse before, by saying, oh, and now I'm going to show you the most excellent way. I'm going to show you what's more important than anything else I've been talking about, love. This is what he says. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Just point, just a note to make here. This isn't meant just to be read out at weddings, by the way. Paul wasn't speaking to a marriage. He was speaking to a body of people. But God bless weddings. You know, God bless marriages. It's for everyone. 
But it's what I'm meant to kind of model to my sister here, to my brother here. This is what we're meant to do. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith to say, mountain, move, but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, talking about generosity, if we give it away from the wrong motive that isn't love, nothing. It's like it's just disintegrated. Love is patient. Look at Jesus through these words. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Do you love the fact that Jesus has kept no record of wrongs over your life? Suze, you're free. Gone. That's great. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It protects, it trusts, it hopes, it perseveres. Love never fails. Looks just like Jesus, right? That's the love we can walk in. That's the clothing we're meant to walk in. They're the new clothes. That's the, if we can have any uniform made, it's one of love. It's one of love. Why don't we stand together and we're going to pray.